Thank you for tuning in to the Graceway Sermon Cast. Graceway is a church located in Lexington, Kentucky, with a heart for God and a vision for the gospel. I'm Derek Holmes, lead pastor. Right now we are in a series through the book of Colossians. So grab your Bibles and let's hear from the Word. Uh, I'm Jason, if you guys don't know. Um, I am uh, on staff here, and I am uh, blessed and privileged uh, to be bringing uh, the message um, I've never done a message that was part of another person's series, uh, so it was uh, it was definitely something I was a little uh, a little hesitant about, um, but I'm excited uh, to be here and be able to continue, um, especially with Colossians. Um, when Derek told uh, me, I think it was in September, um, or right maybe yeah, first week of September, we'd be doing a series in Colossians. I'm really excited because uh, I had made a decision. Uh, I just finished the K uh, the. Uh, FG60 plan, read through the Bible for the year, and I had made a decision that I was going to take one book uh, of the Bible and just study that book for a month, um, and it was Colossians. Colossians is, is uh, became very uh, precious to me, and whenever I hit that in that FG60 plan, I was, I was reading it like I never, it never spoken to me in a way that, that spoke to me of, of Christ's just importance, his imminence, uh, his, his just overall, and just how it affects our lives, and so um, this series has been awesome. I'm very happy to be a part of it, um, and especially the the part that it did end on um, that was a God thing. Um, whenever uh, I uh, um, uh, was going to uh, help Derek with it, um, I was like, "What do you think He's like, "I think you're going to write over chapter two uh, for you in part four. I'm like, That's awesome. Uh, so I'm very excited. Uh, so. Here's a, here's a God thing, just a small little God thing, and it actually helps me out uh, with, with uh, what I want to talk about um, in, in, the, in the, uh, the beginning of my message. Uh, today is October 13th. Does anybody know the significance of October 13th? Does anybody know? Maybe no. Yes, sir, it's Navy's birthday. I know you, you are a Navy veteran, as am I. Uh, today is October 13th, uh, 1775. Um, the Continental Congress, before the United States was an actual uh, United States, things were starting to ramp up with the, uh, the British uh, Empire. In, in 75, the seas were ripe and, and just being plundered by privateers that were flying under the, uh, under the, not under the flag of the British Empire, but secretly for the British Empire, and they were wrecking havoc for the colonists. And so, uh, 1775, the Continental Congress came together in emergency, uh, and they, uh, commissioned two ships and armed them to go take care of those privateers. We get stories like John Paul Jones, uh, you know, standing there on the deck uh, and shouting you know, uh, on old Ironsides. Um, that's, that is the birth of the Navy. Um, the reason I bring that up, the reason I'm very excited about it being uh, the birth of the Navy, obviously I'm a Navy veteran. Um, uh, it's, it was one of the things that in my young adult life, straight out of high school, that has affected me in such a way. Um, it all started when I stepped off a bus and up in Great Lakes, little north of Chicago, Great Lakes Basic Training Naval Station, um, and got yelled at for the first time by another man. Um, uh, basically, didn't know, know me from Adam and Eve, and I'm getting yelled at, go, 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 get it, get it, get it. Who's all been, who's, who is, who's my military guys in here, veterans? Right here, awesome. Awesome. I know it's not better today yet, but thank you for your service. I mean, every day should be a, a thank you for um, what uh, what the men and women have done and served. Um, it, I, I was especially awed at some of the different errors of of, uh, 
of the military service. Um, I was in the 2005, 2008 era, kind of the, kind of the, the heightened end of, of the war uh, uh, against uh, global terrorism. Um, but um, Vietnam vets um, have, my, have my ever loving thanks uh, for what um, they endured or to the very British generation and, and back and forth and forth and just the heritage that I'm part of. Um, but one thing that we all have in common, and it has changed throughout the years, uh, but I'm pretty sure there's still similar experiences still happening right now as we speak um, in all the, all the basic training uh, going on uh, this morning. Uh, but that is boot camp. Uh, boot camp, for, uh, for you civilians who do not know, uh, was a place I, I said that tongue in cheek, that's what we call the people who were, you know, didn't know. We were civilians and then we were not after boot camp. Um, one of my uh, lead petty officers, uh, right, uh, uh, he, uh, we didn't call them drill instructors in the Navy, uh, we call them recruit uh, commanders. They, uh, he effectively told me and, and would yell at us several times, I want to beat the civilian out of here. That was the purpose of boot camp. Was it not, was, was it not David? You came as a civilian, usually 18, 20, you know, 18, 19, 20, young adult, uh, men and women come in, uh, they only know the world of, of probably just staying at their house with their mom, they, you know, they've never probably, you know, lived been out, this is their first experience in the real world, it's not even a real world experience, you're in a boot camp, in a controlled environment that is, that is designed to take someone, break them down, and build them up in an image, and a person that can and functionally serve in the military. That's the whole purpose of boot camp. It was hard, it was rough. Uh, there was sacrifice um, being made. Not only, I often think like, boot camps are really rough for me, but what about my recruit commanders? They were there earlier than I was because they were throwing a trash can you know, across the, the floor to wake us up or throwing people out of the bunks. But they had to get up, um, and especially got those guys, some of those guys lived in like, crossing that they can only live on certain places in, in Chicago, and they were out, so they're waking up for a.m. to come get us at our bunks. Um, it was, a, it was a rough time, um, but it was one of those things that um, we all experienced, we all come out knowing that when we stepped out of there, we were sailors, we were soldiers, we were Marines. You know, um, now Marines, everything I just said, just like take that up and notch. That's Marine Boot Camp. Uh, do we have any Marines in here? I don't think so anymore. Yeah, so if you ever find a Marine, ask them about Marine Boot Camp. Um, they will argue which one's the best West Coast or East Coast. Uh, um, uh, San Diego, can't even think of it, Paris Island, we lived next to it for two years. Paris Island, uh, Paris Island was always, I was, when I would drive on that base, just seeing those guys, uh -huh. they just got, those guys stepped it up, for sure. Uh, but boot camp was foundational for the military. Um, any armed service that's allies through history knew that the conditions they were putting human beings in, they couldn't just take, you know, someone who's what we call civilian and just throw them into combat or throw them into um, having to do, um, you know, having to uh, work on a diesel engine uh, in the bottom of, of, a, of a huge carrier of, of, and it's hot and, and they have to make sure that, you know, if they don't get that pressure gauge just right or make sure those numbers are written just right so that, you know, everything could be for naught. They had to break us down, and they had to build us up and put a foundation that was discipline, uh, integrity. Uh, for the Navy, we had core, core values of honor, courage, and commitment. Uh, attention to detail was the biggest thing in boot camp, to, make, to take someone and just a little, and 
I always wondered when I first came in, because um, I knew that I would have to fold my clothes a certain way, make my phone a certain way, even fold my underwear a certain way. Um, you know, what was the purpose? It was all just, it was everything they did was a purpose to form us and to create a foundation that we could continue to build on and dig deep roots and be functional, whether we just did four years where we, we became a career uh, military person, that boot camp foundation never left. And it's still, it's still it's kind of affecting me today. Even I've been out of it. Um, there's still things I, I, I know to do. Um, I'm really good at ironing. <laughs> you know, very, pretty good at it. Actually, my wife makes me iron everything. If it needs ironing, I'm the one to do it. Um, but just like silly things like that, um, down to, you know, I can still remember things that, you know, I was taught uh, for as far as combat roles. I can still remember um, the Sailor's, Sailor's Creed. Um, things like that that always will be uh, with, with me in my memory. And so that's what we're going to be talking about, a foundation, a, a basic, uh, basic giving back to the basics of it. So if you will, um, turn to Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Uh, Pastor Derek ended at the, uh, the top of Colossians. Um, the Colossians, uh, especially, and if you ever uh, get a Bible that has like um, titles above certain parts of sections and verses, you'll see sometimes those are like right in the middle of chapters. Colossians is like notorious for that. Um, back back long, 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 long time ago, someone decided, actually a, a group of people decided that we're going to break the, the Bible down verses and chapters. And for whatever reason, sometimes, especially Colossians, they got real bad. Paul was having continuous thoughts, and these chapters were broken up. And so there's actually a continuous thought with verses 1 through 3 from chapter 1, uh, but it's in chapter 2. And then another thought kind of segue, he segued into another thought in chapter 4. And so that's what we're going to pick up. Um, I'm going to read uh, chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 1, so we can't catch up. And, uh, and then uh, we will move on. But uh, Paul says, uh, For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea, and for all of who are not seeing me in person. I want their hearts to be, to be encouraged and joined together in love, so that they may have all the riches, complete understanding for the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him all hidden are all the in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. This is in knowledge, and this is where we're going to pick up and be our main text uh, for, uh, for this morning. I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that, are sound, that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well-ordered you are in the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deceit based on human traditions, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwelt bodily in Christ, and you have been filled with him who is the head over every ruler and authority. You were circumcised with with a circumcision not done by hands, by putting off the body, body of flesh. In the circumcision of Christ, you were buried with him in baptism, in which you have been raised with him through the faith and the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in your trespasses and in uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, forgave us, uh, for, 
forgiven his own trespasses. He erased and served the certificate of debt with the obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away and nailed it to the cross. It is on the rulers and authorities to disgrace them publicly and triumph over them in him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, we just, we lift you up. God, I thank you for um, the scripture that we have been in that, um, that shows who Christ is, that he is over everything. He is the firstborn of creation. He is the image of the invisible God. God, I pray uh, that as we continue um, in, in, in Colossians, as the letter that, that you inspired Paul to write to the Colossians, um, that we get back to our foundation of faith, what it is that we believe, and how that should affect our daily lives. God, just bless this, uh, bless this time, bless me um, as as uh, as I go through it. Um, even though I tremble or. or or I'm sure the words that, that, that I want you to say, or that I don't want to say, God, that bless, um, that just, I want it to be from you, God. Let your word be heard. Holy Christ, in Jesus' name. So, uh, last week, uh, I got to uh, catch up. I wasn't, I wasn't here, I was out with uh, um, my family. We actually got to take a small vacation, which was pretty awesome. Um, I haven't really got to take the boys out a lot, uh, but um, my in-laws have a camper um, in near the Jamestown area, this on the Cumberland Lake, and so we got to go there. And so, uh, but I did get to uh, listen to the feed afterwards um, with Pastor Derek, and uh, which is pretty awesome because I could pause them and I'd take notes and you know a little bit better notes, uh, things like that. Um, and so um, uh, it lasted longer than normally in New York speaks pretty long usually so it took me a couple of days to get through that one um, but <laughs> um, but um, it, it's I've, for one I mean it's really awesome that I, could, I, I was able to do that but just um, you know we talked about his, his work is he worth it we talked about um, sacrifice with, with one of the three he ended but you know that was Paul I mean he 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 prayed uh, for the, the faith that they had already been given from um um, Epaphus, Epaphus, there we go. Um, Paul had never seen these, seen, seen these Christians. He'd only heard about their faith through, through, the, through the friends he had known who had been there um, and, and the different churches throughout Colossus, uh, Colossae. There were several different churches in Colossae. Um, it, was, it was more of an area. And so they, uh, he, had, he had heard about their faith and he just wanted to get with them. He had heard there were some things, and Derek's already gone, there were things that were starting to creep into the church that were not Christ. He knew that they had been they had been saved. Just like he said, I know that you have received Jesus Christ as the Lord. This is where I want to go back over this. I want to confirm what you were told is true, is exactly true, and that is it. That is your foundation. And so, uh, what is it? I've been locked here. So that is your foundation. Give me one second. My iPad and my notes have blocked it itself. Um, but, and that's what I want to talk about. The big ideal that I want to share is that a foundational faith in Christ is deep, it is clearly seen, it is unmovable because of what Christ did on the cross and what he's still doing in our lives today. 
that's what I really want to focus on is getting back to that basics. That, that basic knowledge of who, what Christ did on the cross for us should drive our everyday actions, should, should be a part of us. And just like Paul was talking to the, to the, the Colossians, he said, I'm saying this so that you know this is everything. This is everything. There is nothing else. Anything that you hear, if it doesn't match up with the foundation that you have been given, that you have been, you have put roots in, that you have, um, uh, are, are building your lives up in, then it doesn't belong. Um, one of my proudest moments, and I am going to stick with the Navy, Navy thing for most of my illustrations today, uh, because God ordained it for me to be preaching on Navy, the Navy's birthday. So, uh, one of my proudest moments was. Uh, uh, when I was finally, uh, so we had been fitted, uh, we were fitted with our uniforms pretty early, uh, which is probably not the best thing, like a boot camp, I feel like they should have checked, like, checked that, especially like, they fitted like all our uniforms. And so we're talking like dress uniforms, which we wouldn't wear until we graduated. Uh, and so, yeah, I had to go back to the tailor, obviously, because I dropped like 30 pounds uh, in boot camp. But one of my, my favorite moments, um, I didn't get to, I, I graduated this summer, so I had to, I wore my whites. And, I, and the whites are okay. The whites are, when you wear your whites, you, have you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Have you seen a sailor in, in their dress whites before? The whites are okay, but I can't stand, I mean, there's like anything on me, on my clothes, any stain that I can see, maybe someone else can't see or anything like that. And so it would always just make me a nervous wreck when I wore my whites. Just a nervous wreck because it's, it's, it is all white. Um, one of my proudest moments is whenever I um, um, checked into um, my actual my station that I was going to, my duty station that I would be there for two years. Um, and whenever you check into the duty station, you, you wear your dress, your dress uniforms. Um, I got to put that, that first time to actually wear out public my dress blues. And the whites are cool. The dress blues is, is without a doubt, I think this kind of support, I think second maybe to the Marines, is the most recognizable uniform in the world. It's a navy dress blue, a cracker jacks, they used to call them. It's been a uniform for navy uh, personnel. It was adopted from like early Russian to English. It's, it, it, and the design it has right now has pretty much been designed. They were wearing that probably when they were like during the 1775, uh, wearing something similar to that with the with the, the, uh, the hood and, and, uh, and the, uh, the neckerchief. Um, the pants were like, I mean, they came up to like right here just about. Uh, but it was a proud moment for me because that was something that I had worked and put sweat and tears and, and, and that was the foundation, was that uniform. Um, it would always stay the same. The only thing that would change would be the thing that I would build up in my career. Uh, the awards that I would uh, receive uh, later through, through my career, the ranks, um, you know, my arm got more and more, uh, uh, more stripes on it. Um, uh, those, you know, those were proud moments, but that, that uniform love came it on. It was hot sometimes, it was 100% cool, um, but it still is one of my favorite. I don't think I can wear it anymore. I'm going to probably throw that out there. Uh, but, uh, but uh, it, and it's one of those things that it, it's, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that I will have that uh, tradition. That is what Paul was, 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 was talking about. He was talking about, it goes beyond something that is, is, is tradition, it goes beyond something, it is, it is the truth of, of when you were first created, the first part of creation, the image of the visible God. We were created in the image of God, of Jesus Christ. 
from the foundation of this world, and that is the foundation that our faith is based on throughout the eons of God's existence when he first created us. That's what Paul is leading up to in here. And so, give me one second. I am going to wake this up, and we'll get into our points. And so, I want to share with you, I have three truths that I pulled from this scripture. I've had three points, and this may seem similar because I think this is what basically what Derek has been doing, um, which is it's, uh, that's a, it's a very good way to kind of do an expository, uh, especially with Colossians. Most of Paul is just, it's a run of thoughts. And uh, there's no like smart points you can pull really out of it, um, you know, and without trying to change, you know, change it to your will. And so I want to pull uh, some truths out and then some points. Um, and then we'll end with some, some questions that we need to ask ourselves um, when, we, you know, when, when we hear this. And so uh, the first truth that we see um, in verses uh, uh, 6 uh, through 8 is a faith in Christ. Our faith in Christ is our foundation. Is our foundation. Our faith in Christ is our foundation. Uh, look at, uh, look at uh, verse 6. It says, So then, just as you receive Christ, Jesus, as Lord, continue to live in Him, being rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Continue to live. Continue to live in Him. He's our foundation. Now, a building has a foundation. Most buildings have foundations. Some, depending on the world, you don't have a foundation. But most buildings, if you come around here, you have a foundation. If, are anybody here that does any type of carpentry or did any type of work with foundations that are anything like that or poured a foundation? I've seen the foundations poured. I've helped chuck you know, concrete into foundations being poured. So I've seen that uh, with, uh, with Kurt's dad, John Lane. Uh, he used to take us out in the summers. And boy, boy, how was that fun to climb up in the hot sun. Um, I even did a little stint with him with some handiwork after I got out of the Navy, and I thought boot camp was rough. Doing a tin roof with just two people, that's boot camp all itself, all over again. But um, a foundation is, is, is uh, depending on the building and how high it's going to be built, goes, goes as deep as it, it's needed. Um, but a foundation, do they take the foundation out when they were done with the building? It seems kind of really hard to do. Be really difficult. I think you would probably destroy the structure of the building. I'm not an engineer like that. Um, we're missing the engineer. Where is he? No, we're just messing. But uh, you know, I think he's working with us. But um, but I'm not an engineer. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you have to destroy the building to dig that foundation up. Now there, I, I know that they can repair foundations. Um, a foundation is forever for that building, as long as that building lasts. And sometimes the foundation will be there long before the building is destroyed. The foundation, the starting point, when you when you receive, just like he says, whenever you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, that was a starting point, yes. But it was also a continuous part of our lives, and it will continue to be a part of our lives. It is foundational in that it is endless. We are we we are built uh, on a foundation of faith in Christ, and that doesn't just that's not a starting point. It's not just okay. That's there. I'm going to go build over here. It would be silly to have a foundation built up and then say, well, I actually want the house over here, so we'll just build over here. It's fine. We got the foundation over here, so that's fine. That, that would be silly, but a lot of times we kind of go through our lives and start building other things around our lives, and it's not on that foundation. 
um, some of the activities that we do, and they're not in themselves bad, but if they're not founded in Christ, and founded in, in the purpose of, of building up in Christ, being visible, uh, so that others can see that we are Christ, and, and for the purpose of, of, of getting deeper, then what's, what's the point of, of you know, just saying, well, I said a prayer. It's foundational. It's so foundational. Um, look, look here what, what, what he says. He says, continue to live in him, being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. Being rooted. Being rooted means getting deep. And it's a deep, and, and roots continue to grow as well. It, it goes beyond just a stationary foundation. As, as Christians, our foundation can get deeper and deeper in Christ. The more that we get into his word, the more that we get into his understanding and spend time with him and have, have blessings in our lives that, that affect us that we can't describe or explain other than we are Christ's, that faith starts to get deeper and deeper. When we put our trust in when we have tragedy in our lives. Amen. And we have to, we have to, we can, we're not going to look at anything that we built around our life that has no, no lot of foundation. It will fall away. That foundation will continue to get deeper and rooted in there. That foundation will continue and be strong, and we can start to not only dig deep into His Word in our private time and in our personal relationship, but we can we can start to build up on it. And a building isn't like a foundation. Usually, you can see just a little bit of that foundation, and you can see signs in the building if that foundation is 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 getting is getting cracked and stuff like that. It affects the, the building. If you have a strong foundation, you can build some amazing things. I mean, we have seen human beings build amazing things, and they are clearly visible. Think of the skyscrapers that we see. I mean, we have one that's pretty, pretty impressive for Lexington, the big blue, blue building. You know, have you ever kind of looked, looked at that? And it's, obviously there's way better ones out in the world. But just kind of, you know, stop and look at that. And look at, like, all that concrete and just that, and then just looking the visible. And we can see, look, you, you can see the big blue building if you look down this hall for one. But you can also see blue building if you, you know, get out and see it's very visible. That's what our being built up in it. We're supposed to be, when we dig deep and get that foundation, we're supposed to be built. People are supposed to know that we are Christ's, that we live in him, that he is our foundation. We can build up on that. So we need to be seen. So we are deep. We are clearly seen. We're clearly, we can, we clearly, people can say there is something different about them. Look at, look at their, and, and, and this, and building is, it's, it's, it's limited. We'll never, we'll never reach perfection until we get our, you know, into heaven, but we should always strive um, to continue to do that. And that, that has to, we have to continue to get deep so that we can continue to build it up. The next thing we see is established in the faith. Established. Established means it's not going anywhere. A faith in Christ, the truth is, if we have a true faith in Christ, that faith is not going anywhere. Nothing can shake it, nothing can move it, because that foundation is Christ. There is, no, there is nothing that we can add to it or take away from it. There is no, no philosophy, and we'll get into this a little bit further. There's no, there's no human ideas. And, and, and for he says, even ideas that sound reasonable, of all of our logics that we can pull together, nothing can shape that. Nothing can shape the truth of who Christ is. 
This is what Paul is, is starting off with. And he's wanting he's to tell him, like, this is not a thing that you just, you, you, you said you're good, and let's see what else we can add to it to make this better. It's the best it can be. And all you need to do is keep on building up on it and building through that foundation of who Christ is. And let's see what that foundation is. So it is foundational. Um, we have the first point, it is, is um, our faith in Christ is foundational uh, in and uh, our faith in Christ is foundational. And uh, give me one second. Keep on. I brought the wrong laptop, apparently. This is always fun. This is my This is my laptop. All right. Here we go. So, faith in Christ is foundational. Faith in Christ is our mindset. I kind of toyed with it. And I knew what I wanted to say. I knew what Paul was saying at the end of, uh, at the end of seven. Um, and uh, I, th- I believe that um, uh, in, in one of my groups, when we were going through this, um, I was I was taken back because this, there's another part in four that we'll see this kind of like end with with gratitude, um, thankfulness. He says in verse six, he says, "So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to be root, uh, continue to live in Him, being rooted and built up in Him." Established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. Just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. When I think of thankfulness, when I think of gratitude, uh, I, I kind of, and maybe it's because it kind of rhymes with gratitude, but I always think of like attitude, like a mindset. And that's exactly what Paul's talking about. Um, he's talking about a mindset of, 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 of how we live our lives. Um, of what we've been taught, of what we know, the knowledge of Christ that is salvation. We know um, that, that, um, that that is foundational. Because of that, it doesn't just affect our future in heaven. It doesn't just, it's not just a future thing. We're living in him continuously, and that will change how we see and view the world around us. Instead of seeing, um, which I think as human beings we tend to do this, and God knew this, we tend to look at circumstances as bad and good. And sometimes, um, sometimes depending on where we're at in our own psyche, we blame others or we blame ourselves. You know, if I do these good things, good things will happen to me. If I do something bad, this bad thing happened because I did this bad thing. We get this in the circumstance and, and thinking that we sometimes we can have control of, of circumstances that are out of control. That's called working, by the way. And worry is, I would say, is the opposite of gratitude. Um, I always thought, I always like to kid myself, you're not a worry. Um, I told him to become a father. Um, and, you know, I would have some sleepless nights, and, um, and especially when I was going to college, because um, I was a terrible, I did okay in college. Um, I just, I, I think the Navy didn't have to do a lot of the studying. A lot of it was like, let's get this thing done. Let's get, let's get it done. I had studied to get, like, ranking and stuff like that, but I'd been doing my job, you know, for the, how many years, and so it was pretty easy whenever I had to, you know, take an exam uh, to see if I could move on to the next rank. Because, I mean, that's the job I did. You know, that was, it was a pretty practical job that I had to do. And so, uh, but when I got to college, I, I'm a terrible procrastinator. My mom could probably attest to my high school career as well. Terrible procrastinator. Uh, I don't know how I got um, the, the uh, GPA that I walked out of in high school. It was a pretty good GPA. Um, because I would procrastinate. Now, there's some good things about procrastination. Does anyone know any good things about procrastination? The fact is, for procrastinators, we know there is a high. Whenever you get that done, 
when you when you have that timeline, you feel like sometimes it's like it's your best work. <laughs> but it's too. It is on the knife edge. Because it could be your best work, or it could be ter terrible. You literally have like 20 grammatical errors in a paper that you've written for your professor who is teaching you how to teach English. <laughs> so that's that's the kind of thing. Procrastination not it's not a good thing. It's it's I'm, I'm pretty sure some of the, the nights that I spend uh, writing papers, and we're talking, you know, when you get to the higher level college and 10, 11, 12 pages of, you know, and then the projects that I had to do in the education world was was I mean they were intense. The thing you shouldn't have procrastinated. Um, uh, but I say I've, I've lost, I've gone off a rabbit trail, just like, like uh, Pastor Derek's dog, I've chased around, I don't know where I'm at anymore. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, seriously, where was I? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, what was it? Study. Study, yes. So, the whole, what I'm trying to say is, we don't need, uh, to be, let me go back to my answer, guys. So, I know, right, this is, this is my life. Uh, but it's, a, it's an attitude, yes, I'm in, I'm in mindset and attitude. Uh, it changes your attitude. Um, worry, that's where I was at. So these things would cause me, procrastination would cause me worry. Uh, and it, was, it would leave me up, like I was already not sleeping because I was trying to get those projects done the night before. And then I was like, laying awake at night, like, is this, did I get the sentence right? Did I write this? No. Uh, worry can, 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 is, is the opposite of gratitude. When we sit there and think that, you know, we control circumstances or we just freak out when something happens and, and we kind of rush to something that's not foundation, that's not our foundation that we know as Christians is Christ. Our attitude is not in, in, in alignment with what Christ has, has done for us. Overflowing gratitude. When we change our attitude, when we have that gratitude, we see not circumstances as good or bad, but we see them. The, the more uh, we see them not, not as good or bad, but we see them as opportunities to overflow with gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done for us. And. Whenever I think of the word overflow, you can see a couple times in the Bible, I think that's a very visible thing. It goes back to being visible. Our attitudes will affect our actions and, and the words that we say and what you know, the actions we're doing and what we're saying is, is an effect of the people and the relationships that, that we have with our coworkers, with our children, with our wives, with our husbands, with our friends, with our, with our family. There's a difference between um, uh, someone who's founded in, in, in the faith of Christ, what Christ did and is doing for you, is someone who is worrying about a circumstance. You start to see that, yes, I do have to take care of this, these, these people. I do have to be a father. I do have to uh, be a husband and, and work. But I can do it as a place of strength because I'm on a foundation that's not my own. I'm on a foundation of Christ. And I can be thankful for that. And you start to see opportunities, and you start to even in, even in the times that are rough, you can see things that God is still doing in your life that you can be thankful for. It changes your attitude. Uh, some of the, the best prayer that that, um, that I think that affects me is whenever I thank 
And, and it almost seems like I think we've gotten to, especially with the holiday coming up, we've kind of made it into a cliche of what we're thankful for. But, you know, really stop and think what, and we're going to get into what God, God has done for us. But really stop and think, you know, what He has done, and just, when we overflow, it's, it's not just about ourselves anymore. We're overflowing, and we can start to not focus on ourselves anymore. We can focus on maybe the person that's in that same circumstance with us, or maybe that person who, who we've, you know, we're freaking about, you know, maybe something just silly, and this person has a real issue, and, and, and we can instead not focus on that, we can focus on what God's done for us and see that hurting person next to us. It changes our whole point of view, changes our whole mindset, our faith, our, our faith in Christ. Our faith, uh, so we, we have our faith in Christ um, is, is our foundation, faith in Christ is our mindset, our faith in Christ is our defense. Look at that. Look at verse, uh, verse 8. Be careful that no one take, takes you captive through philosophy, empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. Uh, now Paul kind of started that off. He said, this is what I'm, what I'm about to tell you is just because of this. He said, you know, in, in verse 4, he says, I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you in arguments that sound reasonable. There are philosophies in this world. There have been philosophies since, since, since the dawn of time, since man has, has, has uh, rebelled in the garden. Um, there have, we have tried to do it our own way. We have tried to figure out life. We try to figure out what is life, you know, how best to live it. We all have our own ideas of it. Um, there's many philosophies, especially in this world today, um, there's even a philosophy, I think, that people who just don't know what philosophy is, there's everything. It's it, all accepted. You know, there's many traditions that, and many cultures that, that rise up. So there's many, uh, and it's not even a, maybe it's not even like a, a city, you know, or a, uh, a cultural tradition. Maybe it's just a thing that you've always done, things like that. We all know that there's different things and different ideas out there. We come up with some up every day. Um, when we talk to our coworkers, um, when, um, even in our own, even in our own personal thoughts, sometimes we have ideas that are opposite of what of what Christ is, and and, and we let and those things are constantly trying to push against that foundation, trying to push against what is being built built on that. Uh, so there's there's many old and new human philosophies uh, of how to live. They have, but when we have that foundation, when we we say, you know, this is foundation. If it's not built on this, then it has no part in my life. Uh, they have no sway over us when we stay rooted in Christ. Uh, when we, there's also, there's also the, the, and this is what Paul was saying, you know, if you don't stay rooted in Christ, this is not continuing. There's also the, the, the harm to your faith uh, of, of human traditions, of how things used to be, how things just always have been human traditions, but he said, uh, you know, but they, they sometimes, they're, they're deceitful, and they're, they're only elements of this world, not of Christ. Uh, when we neglect to continue in our faith, when we neglect uh, what is, what the Word teaches us, human traditions can easily take the place of faith in Christ alone. Uh, I think the most evident of, of this is, the, the, I mean, if you just look at the Protestant you know, consider what the Protestant faith is, even, you know, take away from the Catholics. I mean, there was a split between the Catholics and the Protestants um, back, back in the, uh, 
in the 12th and 13th centuries. If you see, uh, or sorry, never mind. Anyways, history here, I get real upset if I don't do my things. But, uh, but back, back there, Martin Luther, you know, Martin Luther King, uh, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, um, we see that, and then we see so many, there's, I mean, there's like any denomination out there. Um, there's tons of denominations that are Protestant. There's, there's, uh, there was a split of Orthodox and Catholics. There's all these splits because, you know, human tradition got in the way. Things that seem reasonable. Well, surely God meant for us to do it this way. And maybe, you know, taking the word and not maybe getting into it, taking the pieces for yourself. That's what he was talking about. He was, he was, there was traditions in the Colossians' lives, there's traditions in our lives, there's philosophies that they were coming against. Um, they were also being bombarded with tradition they didn't even know about um, until, you know, you know, some of the few views that were there were saying, you know, this is our tradition, we should have started, this is actually our foundation. Christ was, you know, God's not our foundation. This was, this was, these traditions were our foundation. And so you need to go through this tradition so that you can, you know, be built on Christ. That's what Paul was writing this. Uh, so the three truths. Our faith in Christ is our foundation. Our faith in Christ is our mindset. Christ is our defense. So, uh, as we continue to verses 9 and 15, um, Paul starts to describe what happens to a person. He's describing what they all know. Whenever they heard about Christ, whenever um, uh, Epiphus uh, came to them and, and, and witnessed and told them the good news of the gospel, and they received Christ as Lord of their lives, they put faith in what he had done for them to cover their sins. Um, he, he, in verses 9 15, we see that he is basically goes and confirms what they already know. And I think this is a very important thing for us to do and um, to continue to confirm, to continue to, to look at it. It was a full transformation. This transformation is, is clearly evident in the person of faith in Christ alone. It's exactly why we have a faith that is deep, clearly seen, and cannot be moved. Unlike, uh, so unlike, and like, uh, I was talking, you know, kind of talking about the nation uh, that, that was built in me in my, in my boot camp and going through, through the Navy. Unlike that, we had nothing to do with it. Um, in the boot camp, uh, I had help with my RECs, with my recruit, my recruit division commanders. They showed us you know, what to do and how the Navy would be and, and um, you know, how to, to train our bodies. But a large part of it, a large portion of it was up to us whether we were going to do it, whether we were fit to do it. It's all on our human, our, our shoulders when it comes physically, when it comes mentally. This foundation that Christ has laid into us, that we have received Christ as Lord, had nothing to do with us. We didn't build it. We had, we, our hands were not part of it. It is Christ alone. And that's the point of Colossians, is Christ alone. Uh, read with me with verses 9. For the entire fullness of God, of God's nature, dwell bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcising him with a circumcision not done with hands, but putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in the baptism, in which you were raised with him through the faith and working of God who raised him from the dead, when you were dead in your trespasses, 
and the uncircumcision of your flesh. You made, uh, he made you alive with him, forgave us of all our trespasses, or all our sins. He raised this certificate of debt with his obligations that was against us and opposed to us. His uh, he has taken it away and nailing it to the cross. I would say for most of you, that's nothing new. That is, that is Christian faith. That is exactly what it's based on, exactly what it's founded on. What Christ did for us when he came down, uh, when, when the word was made flesh, when God himself in human form came down, lived among us, showed us the way, became the way was always going to be our way of salvation. Die for us, took that debt that we couldn't pay. That debt is death. Die for us, not only die for us, but rose again in newness life, and now we are alive in him because he lives in us. Three points I want to, I want to share with you guys. And these, these three points, like I said, this is nothing new. This was nothing new in Colossians. Exactly what they were told. This is exactly what they were depicted. Paul said, I, I want to reconfirm the importance of what, what, what you have know, what you will continue to come in the knowledge of Christ. This is it. This is it. What Christ did for us on the cross and he will continue to do for us in the newness of life is it. There is nothing else. There is nothing that can be added to it. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again conquering death and sin so that we can be with him one day, so that we can tell others, so that that good news can come to us, so it can go to others, so that we can build up and show others. You don't have to live in ministry. You don't have to live by circumstance and and, 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 and be a debt to your sin and be a debt to your, 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 your choices that you make. That Because here's the thing, a lot of our circumstances sometimes are our fault. Because of the choices we made. Amen. Maybe they come in, maybe they come in late, maybe they come in, you know, afterwards. But that's because of sin. That's right. And Christ said, I have a way. And it hurts me to and, and Derek, I think I want to say, I'm trying to remember the actual message, but one of my, it was one of my favorite, just you know, God, the reason God hates sin so much is because it hurts his creation, his his beloved creation that he created in his own image. It hurts us. We hurt ourselves with those, with those choices when we think that we know best. When we try to lean into our own understanding or someone else's understanding or, or anything else. When we try to fill our lives where Christ should be. And that's the first point. The first point is Jesus lives in through and through those who put their faith in him. Paul kind of, he's, he's kind of taking it, he takes it kind of backwards. And then you'll kind of see because... You know, how does this happen? And, and he kind of says, you know, he lives in you because of this and because of this. Jesus lives in through those who put their faith in him. The way we can live, just like he says in verse 7, that we can live in him, it's because he lives in us. It's nothing that we can do that we can follow um, what Christ, what, what, what we read in the Bible. We can try our best. We probably get it right sometimes. A lot of people get it right sometimes. We see tons of good things and charities and, and everything you know, that people do that don't profess faith in Christ. But it's not enough. 
and, and, and in the truest sense, and I think a lot of times that we, we kind of forget and, and, and fail to remember that there is, we will always be, have this, this, this sin, if not for Christ. Um, I mean, I, I know that I have done things that were good, but they weren't for Christ in the end. Maybe they would even, I don't know, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to do this. But deep inside, I had pride about me. I had because, look at me, I just did this. Look what I just did. That won't share our faith. That will not be visible for what we what we built on the foundation. That will be something that's not on the foundation. It's something that we built ourselves, and we can't save anybody. We don't have the answers. Only Christ does. Christ lives in us and through us. Uh, Christ was God in bodily form. He had all authority. This same power lives in us through Christ. Romans 8, uh, go to Romans 8 real quick. I promise we're going to be speeding it up here. Uh, I don't think I've ever preached this long in my life. Uh, but Derek has rubbed off for many years. Uh, Romans 8. Romans 8, look at verse 10. I think in your bulletin, this is where I found some mistakes. And we'll, we'll, we'll point them out because, you know, mistakes are the points, right? Uh, it, I think it says Romans 6 in the bulletin on the back. It's Romans 8. But it is the verses we're right, 10 11. So Romans 8. Romans 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, starting with verses 10. See, I messed up there. now. It says, now if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, when, when he raised Christ from the dead, will also bring your mortal bodies to through his Spirit in you. Christ was God in the flesh. He was God in body. And Christ lives with us now. That same power that was able to come down and save us, to, to die for us, to live a perfect life without sin, to be that ultimate sacrifice, to pay that debt, which Paul talks about later, that debt of debt. And we're not, I'm not just talking about physical life. We are, these bodies are going to physically die. But there is the image of God living inside of us. There is a spirit uh, that we were created uh, to be continual communion with God. Communion with God. That is what means salvation. That 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 actual being of who we are. And that's we need Christ in us. We can't be with God without Christ. What He did for us on the cross. Jesus lives in us and through us. For those who put our faith in Him. He has, um, we have that same power, that same person that uh, Paul says, you know, is, is the firstborn. He is the firstborn person. He's the invisible. He's the